Welcome back to the Calling Our Shot podcast. I'm joined by Logan and Sam. I know you guys know who Logan is. You see him on the screen. He's he's an icon. He's been doing videos daily for the past four or five months. Now, Sam, if you know who Sam is, you're a real OG because that means you were probably watching the podcast all the way back in November when we did our first ever episode, kind of fizzled out as the NFL season ended. But we're back and we're going to be live every single Wednesday. So you're going to see our daily videos or well, weekly videos every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll upload a video. And we're just going to cover, you know, what's going on in football, whether that's fantasy football, that's college football, you name it. We're going to be covering it. And we're going to stop and we're going to hop right into it because the biggest news of today, and we'll be posting this every Wednesday, Mac Jones. Mac Jones officially named the starter for the Patriots. Sam, since you're the newbie, what are your thoughts? Well, first off, I love that this whole story broke with Bill Belichick an hour before the cut saying that he was so happy with the progress that he was headed, making it. He was headed in the right direction. And then classic Belichick fa fashion, what happens? He's off the team. Um, I think it says one of two things. One, that he was really unpleased with Cam Newton's performance. Or two, that he really just liked Mac Jones and, and what he saw as a prospect. And that I think it's going to lead towards a really big Mac Jones year. Um, my bold prediction, in fact, is that I think he's going to unsurp Josh Allen, maybe even be the best quarterback in the AFC East after this year. I mean, Belichick doesn't mess around. He knows what he's doing. And um, I think this hot take, hot take, he's going to be the new QB of the AFC East. All right. Before you click away from the podcast, um, because of, yeah, well, sorry for bringing on Sam. Um, Logan, you you chime in. You chime in with this. Uh, yeah, I mean, OK, first of all, have you lost your mind on, on, on him? He's, he's just a rookie. Right. And he's going to go through some ups and downs. I think this story, what I took away from it is about Cam Newton. And obviously you see the Panther and you see you see it behind there how the mighty have fallen, how, how you can go from the 2015 MVP of the one loss regular season Carolina Panthers to now getting uh, usurped by a rookie. Uh, I mean, that's, that, that's just, that's what I took away. It's, it's, it's really sad for Cam. And I mean, how bad do you have to be to let a, a, a rookie win out that job? I, I mean, every, every sign and every indication was that, that Mac Jones uh, was going to sit just for a little bit right behind, behind Cam and uh, no, that that's that's not what we got yeah it, it was kind of I, I was surprised I won't lie to you I thought Cam Newton very similar to we could talk we do a whole podcast on the bear situation with Andy Dalton and Justin Fields I figured it would be kind of a similar thing where you'd see Cam for the first I don't know three to four weeks of the season then they'd be like all right fine Mac Jones time to shine count me off guard I mean I'm not surprised they let go of Cam Newton it felt like it was more of like a respect thing knowing Cam I mean Logan you dealt with him as a Panther you know he's kind of a diva um, you know, he probably was just like, you know what, I don't really want to be a backup to this guy. I know I'm never going to start this season. Let me go sit back, be the 33rd quarterback out there. Basically, probably if, you know, someone like Dak Prescott or someone like that gets injured again like this year, I feel like Cam Newton's your number one guy personally that you'd be picking up. I can't think of many better quarterbacks out there other than him. But awfully bold of a take for you, Sam, coming right onto the channel and just spouting those claims but i like it i like the bold prediction and that we're going to move into we got logan's bold predictions we're often also going to cover some running back injuries and, and your questions so i asked you guys on twitter for a couple questions and we're going to cover those in a little bit logan hit me with your bold prediction of the 2021 2022 season yeah so we're we're talking about rookies right and i have i think trevor lawrence is going to be a, a worse than a top 20 quarterback in fantasy football look i mean 
there's there's just so much that can go wrong to to for a rookie in his first year. And did you watch preseason? Did you watch Trevor Lawrence running for his life? Because I did, and I I think that is just bad bad signs uh, in Jacksonville. You one of his one of his weapons, ETN, is already down. Do you like the receiving core? Uh, do you like DJ Chark? I love DJ Chark, but do we love him enough to to be uh, that one two punch with <laughs> Lavisca Chanel? And I mean, I just. Look, I just don't think he set up well. And with Urban Meyer, uh, first-year head coach, I think I think Trevor Lawrence is really going to struggle in in uh, in Jacksonville. And I think there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks better than him this year. You know, just because he's the number one overall pick, everyone might assume, hey, he's going to be good, top half of the half, top half of the quarterback class. I don't think so. I think the rookies like Trey Lance, Justin Fields, even Zach Wilson, I I, I would take any of those players over Trevor Lawrence. Interesting, interesting take. Question for you, just random, just uh, his. Who do you want, Sam Darnold or Trevor Lawrence in fantasy football? Who would you take? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking Sam Darnold. He's, okay. he's got better weapons <laughs> and a better surrounding cast. I mean, come on. Hey, That's we're Jets fans. Maybe, we understand. But... <laughs> Sam, what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say. I mean, it's all about the system that you guard into, right? And Again, not to go back to Mac Jones, but he's coming into a Bill Belichick system. That's a system for winning, right? Trevor Lawrence is coming into this gimmicky Urban Meyer. What's 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 going on here? Are they where's the defense? What are they doing? So I agree with you. I think as good as his raw talent looks, he's just not ha- having anywhere near the pieces he needs to have around him to be successful. And and that injury to his running back, absolutely, you know, is going to be another blow. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think Trevor Lawrence is uh, certainly not going to perform the best of all the rookie QBs. I think he's going to be towards the first rounders, maybe towards the bottom this year, honestly. Yeah, I, I guess I have I have to – maybe I have to stand up for Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't know. I didn't really think I'd come into this segment standing up for him, but I think there's two things. Um, one, you can be a good fantasy QB and not be a good real-life QB. So I do think, you know – with that team around him, sure he doesn't have a lot of weapons. Sure he might be running for his life, but that means that could lead to more rushing yards than really anticipated. And there's not a lot of guys out there that will probably get as many rushing yards as Trevor Lawrence this year. But my second one is garbage time still counts, and that's uh I don't think this Jags team will be very good at all. I don't think the Urban Meyer scheme will work year one, but I do think they'll maybe. I mean, it's Trevor Lawrence. I think he's very talented. I do think he'll have a lot of garbage time points. We saw Gardner Minshew last year. Even Nick Foles would be serviceable in fantasy football. Now, I don't know if they were top 20 in terms of fantasy points, but I don't know. I, I don't think you should be throwing him under the bus. I mean, he's being drafted as, I don't know, a QB 12, 13 off the board. So kind of saying he's going to go much lower than that, not even be a startable or startable. That's not even a word, but person in fantasy football at his current ADP. Now, my bold prediction, and I don't know if you got what you guys will say to this one, it's about Antonio Brown and it is that he will lead the Bucks in fantasy points at the wide receiver position. I think he's going to outscore not only Mike Evans, but also Chris Godwin. I'm talking about Antonio Brown. We know as talented he is as he is. I mean, sure, he made a fool of himself off the field. But you got to think about Antonio Brown. He's still very talented. We saw him have a big role in the Super Bowl run. And I believe once he started last year, which I think was around week eight or week nine, I believe he had a 20% target share last year with Tom Brady. We know Tom Brady loves Antonio Brown. I'm all in and you're getting a super great value. I think he's being taken as like the 30, 41st wide receiver off the board. And I think he's going to outscore Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And I'm, I'm laying my hammer on that. 
See, here's the problem with any Bucks wide receiver is that all three of those guys are wide receiver ones, right? And so what's going to happen is each week's performance is just going to completely depend on volume that they're receiving from Tom Brady. They're all good. Don't get me wrong. I love them all as players. But as fantasy assets, they're just too unpredictable. So, one, I will push back that, yes, Antonio Brown will not be the Bucks' number one fantasy wide receiver. But, two, I don't even know if I'd touch a, a Bucks wide receiver. There's just too much unknown. Right. We've seen that in weeks before where, you know, Mike Evans has a great week and Godwin does nothing. And then Godwin's production skyrockets. It's like, I don't know. I'm staying away. But I think Antonio Brown, clearly, yes, Tom Brady took him underneath his wing. He's got a soft spot for him. We all want him to come back and be the Antonio Brown of four years ago. But he will still be wide receiver three on that team. I'm going to look, I'm going to kind of rallied Austin's defense on this one what, what really when you're when you're drafting as late as where Antonio Brown is it's about value and and I look when you're drafting fantasy football I'm always around value who are who are some of the players that would go around where you would draft AB like do you know off the top um, of your head I mean the guys you got to think about are you know like the Devontae Smiths of the world um, those kind of guys now Jamar Chase is much earlier but yeah Devontae Smith I think Brandon Cooks they're even above him Jerry Duties, Cortland Sutton's are all above him um, there's a lot of people above him. Like I said, there's four. He's going right around like the Corey Davis, Marvin Jones Jr. kind of realm. Well, exactly. Michael Thomas territory too, right? Yeah, so. and well, we're going to talk about Michael Thomas. So hold your horses in a second. But yeah, I, I'm in on I'm in on Antonio Brown. If you can get him at ADP, and I think we could all agree at his ADP, he's a great value. Now, whether or not, I mean, will he be the number one scoring? I'm going to say he will be because I do think he's a great value and I think he's a really great receiver. I just think Tom Brady's got too much invested in him. And part of me as a Tampa native, I got I got to cheer on the Bucs. Um, and I think that this year, Tom Brady's trying to go for MVP. I think that's something that he just got the Super Bowl, just got Super Bowl MVP. Wouldn't he love to add another MVP trophy onto his thing? And that means he's going to be throwing the ball a lot because he's not going to get it while running it. I don't know. Something well, to think about. Well, you got, but You got uh, insider info, though, because – they, they have sleepovers. Antonio Brown lived with Tom Brady. So, like, yeah. if there's ever going to be a, a player that he's he's going to target and look for, it's, a, it's A.B. So, I you know what? I don't think you're all that bold. I, I, I like it. I think it's reasonable. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm all in. And, Sam, you already jumped the gun, and we're going to skip to a question from one of our icons on the channel. Logan knows him. I know him. Sam, you're about to know him. His name is Nerfy Derek. Now, that's not his name on Twitter, but he sent me this question. And we know he, he gave us all the nerfies for baseball season. And he asked, what is your, what are your thoughts about Michael Thomas? Is he worth the stash? I mean, like I said, he's going wide receiver 35 to 40 ish off the board. Now we did luckily we're filming this podcast after all the Tuesday cuts. And we do know Michael Thomas will start the season on the PUP list, meaning that he will be out the first, normally it's out the first six games, but since the saints have an early buy, he'll be out the first five games and have the bye week in there. So potentially return week seven. Are you stashing him on your bench? What, what are you going to do with him? So I think this is all about how good of a draft you have in your first, you know, five or six rounds, whether it be an auction or a snake. But if you can afford to put him on your bench and you don't need to rely on him, he is absolutely a guy you want to sub in for your wide receiver two or your wide receiver three come deep playoff time. I mean, let's not forget, Jameis Winston's the quarterback on that team. And, you know, 30 interceptions, 30 touchdowns, you're getting a lot of yards. I don't think that Saints team is going to be great, right? And I think they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. And Michael Thomas, yes, he will be nothing the first half of the season. But what matters most in fantasy is playoffs. And come playoff time, he will absolutely be 
his former self. And so if you can get him at that, uh, you know, draft value, I think you have to pull the trigger on him. One, bold of you to assume that that Jameis is going to be the starter all year, right? Can can take they love they have an irrational love for Taysom Hill on that team. I don't know what it is. I don't know what <laughs> how what uh, relationship uh, Taysom has with with Sean Payton, but the, Taysom Hill, not so bold prediction, will start at least one or two weeks at quarterback. And if, if no, it could be later in the season. Who knows? If you got Michael Thomas, you know, sit on your team. You know, you, that that's kind of a, wa- a waste of a roster spot all the way up until that point. Just kind of assuming that Jameis Winston starts. And Jameis Winston, yeah, I mean, he was okay statistically with the box, you know, fantasy wise. But look, I, there, there's just bold of you to assume. That, that it's going to be always the James show. The Taysom, they probably want to go Taysom and Kamara a lot more than you realize. Well, no, I think you got to realize, though, what you just said. Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill that much, right? And he still isn't the starter, right, against James Winston. So it's like if he really loved him and he really has invested so much and tried to build the system around him that he's not even going to give him the week one start, I think that's enough right there that they've seen that Taysom Hill is not a future full-time quarterback. He doesn't have that capability. Great in his gadget gimmick role. And he's even had production those games where he had Michael Thomas on his team last year. They had good rapport. But with Jameis Winston, it's going to be even better. And so again, don't rely on him as your wide receiver one, two, or three. But if you can snatch him, you know, in a late round and you feel like your team's already good enough to be able to get yourself a decent shot in the playoffs, that's the kind of overpower stud that you bring in late in the season would absolutely throw you into a playoff contention. So Yeah, potentially. Um, I think he might be worth, I mean, I think it all comes down to what your roster looks like at that point, but you know, I'm looking at the ADPs and right now I'll ask you guys right now going at the same pick 94, that's their ADP. So that's right around like eighth, ninth, 10th round. Yeah. Devonte Smith, the rookie or Michael Thomas, who are you taking? Yeah, that I mean that's easy. That's the the rookie with upside. Come on, I mean you're gonna be stashing. Uh, it's it's pretty much gonna be a waste of a roster spot. And for anybody that had Michael Thomas last year, you know what a waste of a roster spot means, right? Like I, I can echo I mean, that. Yeah, exactly. Boom, right there. No, I mean it. It really t- does come down to. Also, want to counterpoint, Sam. I mean, you, what happens when Jameis goes out there and beat and is Jameis? You know, one touchdown, three interceptions. What what, what type of game is that? And how is Sean Payton going to defense that against the media? He's going to feel pressure to start his little gadgety quarterback, as you called him. And then you you got you got a declining value in Thomas and a rising value in a, in a rookie. I mean, give me give me the rookie with upside all day long. I think let's not forget who are the other wide receivers on that Saints team. I mean, we all know we're UCF homers here, right? But Traquan Smith and Callaway, I mean, there's no clear wide receiver two. There's no clear wide receiver one. It will be the Michael Thomas show upon his return. And it's crazy how quick we forget about things in fantasy. Two years ago, he was the consensus number one wide receiver. No one was even near him, right? He was going the same range as like top high end running backs. Michael Thomas was the guy, right? And so if he comes back, that quarterback, again, not Drew Brees, but Jameis Winston can throw the ball around. I think I want him. And I don't want a Philadelphia Eagle rookie wide receiver. We've known their track record. We know how they do with uh, developing young wide receiver talent and past drafts. So no, got to play it safe. Michael Thomas. I can, I can, I, I guess I'll be the tiebreaker personally. 
looking at my, if I, you know, I'm going in and I need some production out of that eighth or ninth spot. I don't, it all comes down to your roster construction. If you're wanting to take some risk, Michael Thomas could win you your league. That probably won't lose your, your league. But also I think someone like Devontae Smith has the upside out of, he's, his upside's out, out of this world. I mean, this guy, you saw him in college, was absolutely insanely talented. There's been a lot of questions about, you know, his size because he's a lanky boy. He's not, he's not going to be trucking people. He's not going to run the ball or catch it and run through people like Devo Samuel and people like that. But this guy's legit. This guy's very talented. And like Sam's point, there's no good receivers on the Eagles either. I mean, you got Jalen Rager who made one nice catch in the preseason and all the Eagles fans are hyped up for him. Then you got Dallas Goddard too there. But other than that, there really isn't a lot of depth on that team either. I think Devontae Smith has the chance for a very large target share that could complement or be equal to what Michael Thomas could see. Now, Michael Thomas, sure, he's the number one receiver, but it's not on the Drew Brees-led team. It's on a Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston, which I guarantee you will be much more run heavy than Jameis ever saw on the Bucks because they were always down. I do think the Saints are going to try to win games more based on their defense, which don't forget is one of the best defenses in the NFL. So I'm in on Michael Thomas. I don't mind taking him at his ADP. He slid a ton. Once people saw him on the PUP list, and I guarantee you now that people see him on that list, I assume he'll, his ADP will drop even farther. But speaking of injuries, we've had a ton of injuries this preseason. And Michael Thomas this is a completely different because he waited to get surgery. But we have had a lot of running back injuries and we're going to go through them, give you our thoughts and opinions, break down those backfields. And we're going to start with the oldest injury so far. And that'd be Cam Akers. Now I was high on Cam Akers this year. He helped my fantasy teams last year towards that playoff run when the guy was insane, especially in the playoffs. He was very good, but he's obviously out for the season torn Achilles. So now you got the Daryl Henderson show and they just traded for Sony Michelle, Sam, Take it away. What do you think? Are you drafting Darrell Henderson in fantasy football? You're waiting to draft Sony Michelle. How do you think this backfield shakes out? You know, I really liked it when I thought it was going to be the Darrell Henderson show, right? When it was just going to be this guy, they're pumping him all the carries. Now you bring in Sony Michelle, and it's going to be the same thing it was last year when it was Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson. And it was like, what's actually going on? Who's the running back one? I like him, but I think the addition of Michelle absolutely hurts his fantasy value. Um, and so if I'm in between drafting, I think I like someone like a, you know, maybe J.K. Dobbins replacement over a Daryl Henderson, who I think's volume is certainly going to be impacted from this trade and bringing him in. So I know even Daryl Henderson was battling a uh, thumb injury. It looks like he'll pretty much play week one. But I mean, if he doesn't and then who knows, Sony Michelle comes in and has a great game. You never know. I, I don't love that position. I wouldn't put all my eggs in the Daryl Henderson basket at this point. Yeah, I can kind of, I can feel that. I feel like that that Sony Michelle trade was kind of like a, hey, we're concerned too, and we're not the only ones. I know a lot of fantasy managers out there were hyped for Daryl Henderson, and people were last year when Cam Akers, you know, struggled with injuries out of the gate. Then it kind of, kind of became his show, and then he never really took kind of control of it. Malcolm Brown, who's out of there, he's down in Miami. We can talk about that at a future date. I don't know about Daryl Henderson. Personally, I think Sony Michelle will get a lot of run. He'll be annoying for any Henderson owner out there. Michelle, people forget this guy was very good. I mean, he came in with high expectations, but he was very good his rookie year in their Super Bowl run for the Patriots. Now, last couple of years, he's dealt with a bunch of injuries. And then last year, he ran the ball well. I don't remember his exact yards per carry, but he ran well. Just wasn't his fault. He was stuck behind Damian Harris and Cam Newton RB2. So I, I, I don't, if I were personally, me, if I'm drafting them, I'm probably waiting to draft either of those two guys. I don't mind taking Sony Michelle. I don't exactly his RB. He's being drafted around like RB 35, 36, whereas um, Henderson's going probably like RB 25 to 26. So 
getting uh, about 10 more running back spots. I think there's a little bit more upside. I mean, I think Henderson's the more explosive guy, but what are your thoughts? If you had to draft one at their current price, who are you taking, Logan? Um, neither. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding, and it's okay. Look, when you're, when you're drafting in fantasy, it's okay to just say, I'm avoiding this backfield and I'm avoiding this situation because I, I just think there are, there are better opportunities out there on, on a team that you've already, you've already seen how non-committal they are towards, you know, Henderson and bringing in Sony Michelle. I, I just don't want any, any part of it. And look, it's fantasy. You don't have to force, you don't have to force being in that backfield. You could just say, no, I don't want it. That's, that's, that's <laughs> Wave my the white flag. I'm out. No, I, 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 well, what I was going to say was when you get through your studs, your one through, you know, running back 12 studs, I'm not looking for players anymore. I'm looking for backfields that I like. Right. And yeah, I mean, when there's a committee like that, I don't know, I'm staying away. I'd rather find someone else who's going to get, might not be a, as good of a running back, but at least a larger volume, a larger workload and, and target him as my fantasy running back. Yeah. I mean, Henderson's going in the same uh, Henderson. Here's, here's a good comparison. Henderson or Raheem Mostert. Cause Mostert's going to be sharing his backfield. People love Trey Sermon, both going yeah. around the same draft pick. I mean, I like what do you it. do with that? Like I feel like once you're in that position, I mean, personally, I'd prefer Moster, but would it surprise either any of us if at the end of the, by week six, Trey Sermon, this is his backfield? I don't, I don't think so. But he, that's kind of the realm we're talking about. It's the Mostert range and it's like the Leonard Fournette. But I think if I were to rank those, I'd probably go Raheem Mostert, Henderson, and then Leonard Fournette, exactly how they are getting drafted at the moment. But speaking of another injury that we're going to talk about, it was the second most recent Travis Etienne. Obviously, Logan, you already mentioned it. He's out for the year. Um, and that stinks because he was the, the rookie. He was obviously a rookie out of Clemson, just like uh, Trevor Lawrence. And they were excited for him. And it was interesting where they were getting drafted. Um, currently, he was being drafted right with James Robinson. I believe they're around like RB 23, 24, basically back to back. So people didn't know how it would shake out. Well, now it appears to be the James Robinson show. But are you in on James Robinson? I th- personally think Carlos Hyde's going to be a little annoying. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, Carl, Carlos Hyde being annoying is an understatement. El Guapo, right? We, we, who, who thought we'd talk about a little Carlos Hyde on here? I mean, realistically, uh, the, it tells you a lot how, how the Jags drafted by drafting ETN. I mean, you had, a, you had an absolute fantasy stud in Robinson at, at last year. He came out of nowhere. No, no one really saw the production coming, but he had such a high uh, volume of just receiving, rushing yards. The, the Jags just fit, run, ran this man into the ground. And I don't think it's going to be the same thing this year. I, I think we're we're seeing in, in James Robinson shooting up to in draft boards. I think we're seeing a bit of an overreaction to the to the ETN injury. Everyone's thinking, oh, James Robinson's just going to be the thing he was last year. But remember, I mean, I, I kind of think that was more of a statistical anomaly last year with Robinson. I, I, I think the Jags are going to be bad once more. He's, they're going to be trailing. So, so you're going to have to rely a, a lot on on Robinson's receiving game. Is, is he going to have the volume that he had last year? Maybe not. And when it gets down into the, into the goal line back, El Guapo is coming on the field, whether you like it or not, you're going to see, you're going to see that big boy come in there. You're going to see Carlos Hyde come yeah. in and it's going to make a lot of fantasy managers that have James Robinson mad, but he's a, still a thing. And, and the Jags are, are not letting Carlos Hyde go away. He's a, he's a Buckeye and, and uh, Urban Meyer, ex-Buckeye. There's, there's a little bit of a connection there. Yeah. There's a reason that they probably brought him in. It's just, yeah. You know, maybe they tried to do it for depth at first, but I think Carlos Hyde's going to play a role in this in this offense. I think he pretty much summed it up clearly. I do think it was a little bit of an overreaction. Right now he's getting drafted right in front of players like David Montgomery, who I think has a higher ceiling than 
than James Robinson personally. I think that's his backfield. And plus, Tariq Cohen will be on the PUP list, I believe. So it's going to be David Montgomery and Damian Williams, if however much you think he'll be an impact in that Bears backfield. Sam, you have any additional thoughts before we move on to the next running back? Well, I mean, just comparing to the Rams, though, I'd much rather have a James Robinson than a Daryl Henderson. I think he's going to have a, a lot more workload. And uh, the dual threat that he is, I mean, in a dynasty league, right, you stay away from him because obviously Travis comes back, he's going to be the guy. But this year, I think it is going to be more a closer resemblance to his production from last year than maybe Logan is alluding to. So I think I am high on him. I, obviously, he's getting hyped up because there's so few, like, sole running backs and obviously Carlos Hyde's a detriment to that but I do like him I am high on him yeah I mean it's obvious you take him over Henderson I mean they're going about five six rounds apart that's that's a no-brainer but James Robinson I think a little bit of an overreaction I'm sure as the days go on I mean the running back position is very shallow and that's because of injuries which is our next guy and it was arguably the highest guy on my list. If you've been watching any of my fantasy football videos, but you haven't watched them, definitely go check them out. I got a bunch uh, on the, and I'll link some in the description. Go check them out in the fantasy football playlist. I've been covering basically every single topic, but my favorite breakout running back, J.K. Dobbins, obviously tore his ACL. I was watching the drive. He had the first carry of the game when I think 12 yards, then he got a screen pass and that was when it happened. He tore his ACL, he's out for the year and it sucks. I won't lie to you. It sucks. And if you drafted, and this is another me preaching, don't ever try not to draft early in your leagues. And because it's, it's unfortunate. And then we'll get into a question right now from one of our people on Twitter. And I appreciate it. Scott Snyder, also a COS all-star. And he asked, what should he be doing to replace someone like JK Dobbins? He drafted Gus Edwards as a backup, as a handcuff, or should he go after a much lesser running back or try another position with upside? When, when, when does he drop JK Dobbins? Well, to answer that question, we're just going to go straight into that. I think obviously a guy like Gus Edwards is great because, you know, this year on fantasy, I think running backs more than any year in the past I can remember are such a hot commodity. There really aren't a lot of great studs. It's, it gets pretty shallow pretty quickly. And so when you have a role, right, like that Ravens backfield where Gus Edwards, sure, he's not J.K. Dobbins, but from a fantasy perspective, he sure as well might be. I mean, he's going to be getting all that volume. So, yes, if you have him as a handcuff, good for you, right? That's why we like players like Tony Pollard and Alexander Madison. Not because they're great running backs, because they're running backs in great roles for fantasy, right? That's what they are. So if you can get one of those guys, that's smart, and you should be doing that if you're going to get the stud to go along with them. However, if you now have to decide what am I going to do with that vacancy where I had J.K. Dobbins, I go with someone with upside. I don't try to get one of those lesser running backs because there are just so – I mean, there's so few good ones out there. Get your running backs early, get them good, and then go take upside on what is probably the deepest wide receiver draft that we can remember, right? So I would stay away from trying to take a feeler on a running back like a Michael Carter that's probably going to do nothing. Go with the upside and a different position other than running back. Yeah, first of all, good job, Scott, for, for getting the handcuff, right? I always tell myself when I'm drafting fantasy, I'm always like, I want to I want to draft a handcuff player. I never do, and I always regret it. So good job, Scott, for for uh, getting getting Dobbins as handcuff. But I, I I totally agree with Sam. I would I would go after another uh, position. Like, all right, what let's just say I, I don't know your your roster at all, but let's just say maybe you have a you know mid-tier quarterback, go draft one of the rookies, all right? Go go draft Lance or or Fields that isn't st- or Maybe, maybe they're available in your league. I would go after somebody with an upside that maybe hasn't started or broke 
broke out yet uh, with that with that empty roster spot. Yeah, I, I agree with what you both are saying. I think Gus Edwards, well, I do think he will be overdrafted in leagues just because people think, you know, oh, this guy is going to take all of J.K. Dobbins' work. I don't know how to tell you, but he ain't going to do that. Now, he will still, you know, get a lot. He'll see more carries, but I have a feeling they're going to bring in, you know, an outside player. I mean, they still do like, I think they still have Justice Hill. Justice Hill. They still have other guys they like. And we know Gus Edwards, you're in PPR leagues. Well, you might as well just be in a standard league because he's not going to give you any more points on in the air. So that's a thing that I think holds him back. And if you think about, I think he'll be going, I mean, his ADP hasn't ad- adjusted, but I think he'll be going in that same realm as like a, I think he'll be a little bit behind Josh Jacobs, but you know, around the Kareem Hunt, Chase Edmonds, Javante Williams kind of range. And I think that's where he accurately should go. I think this guy will give you a high, high floor, but very low ceiling personally. Now, could he get into the end zone 10, 12 times? Yes. But I do think there'll be, I mean, you'll see Lamar Jackson just running it even more and we'll see how that goes. Now, another running back injury, which isn't really an injury per se. I mean, it is an injury. It's a guy returning from injury. It's Saquon Barkley. And this is a guy that I've been struggling personally ranking in a lot of, and when I'm doing my rankings for running backs and when I get into my draft. And so I don't want to really want to delve into it. What your thoughts are on him this season? I'm just curious, where would you rank him in your running backs? Now, you obviously we got, I'm going to give you the no brainers who I think should be ahead of him. I personally, if I'm going to rank him, I'm going to rank him right behind Ezekiel Elliott. So that means I got obviously CMC. I got Kadalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott. And then number six is Saquon Barkley. Do you guys disagree with that? What do you, I mean, Saquon has as high of a ceiling as really any running back in fantasy, but there's obviously some risk baked into his ADP. Yeah, this year I'm not taking a risk on him. Um, And so if he's available on the board, but a Nick Chubb or Jonathan Taylor is also available. I'm taking those guys just because I feel like they're safer bets. Sure, he might be the guy that he was a couple of years ago in return and just be amazing. Um, I don't like the Giants team. I don't like running backs that have dealt with big injuries like that. So even if he's available, and he is still a running back one, don't get me wrong, he's an elite guy. But I don't want to risk my team on him. So I'm going with one of those other options at running back. So at, at what point would you take him though? Cause he could slide into drafts all the way to like the end of the first round. Cause people might have the same stigma as you like, Hey, this guy has risk. I want to wait to take him. Would you, I mean, if you get to the if end I, of the I'm turn, then... I find myself at the end of the second round and he's on the board, I'm, I'm going to grab him for sure. Um, but I don't use my top pick on him. And I don't even know if I use my high second round pick on him. I'd rather lock in a, you know, stud wide stud running back before I take a risk on Barkley. But don't get me wrong. I'm probably going to eat those words because it's Barkley. But it's just, uh, I don't know. There's guys I'd rather have than him on my team. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Logan? No, I mean, the the talent is just too good to pass up. He he shouldn't be out of the first round because, you know what, I'd still take him over, you know, the Eckler, the Jones, the Chubb, the Taylor. I really would. I just... I think I think he has just tremendous upside and he is going to make you eat your words, Sam, for sure. I mean, he's it, it's that that Giants team is so unsexy that that Austin couldn't even come up with a, a player that <laughs> he likes true. from their team. He put a trash can like ultimate disrespect. The, the Giants are, are one of those teams that, you, you know, you just it's not sexy, but he's going to find a way to be fantasy relevant. He's going to find a way to be a top five fantasy running back. And he, he shouldn't slide out of the first round. Absolutely not. No. Yeah, I think it's one of those guys. Where, Go ahead. I, I just think it's one of those guys where at your, if you're at the end of your, maybe you're at the end of the first round, I would 100% take him. I'm struggling with at pick eight. If I have a pick eight out of 12 teams, struggling passing on him if he comes to me. I'm hoping personally he doesn't come to me, but 
there's a good chance he does, and I'm sitting there with him or Jonathan Taylor, and I don't know what I'm going to do. We'll see. And maybe even Austin Eckler, both all three of those guys. PPR leagues are different. Um, we're going to move on. We only got a couple minutes left. I got one last social question from Cam the Don on Twitter, and he was he's in a two QB league. I don't know who his first QB is, but I imagine he's better than these other guys that he's asking me about. He's saying, what should you do? He's got Kirk Cousins. Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick or one of the rookie quarterbacks. If you had to choose between any of those guys, I'll say them again, Kirk, Jameis Winston, Fitzpatrick, or any rookie, who are you taking? Logan, go first. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i not a big Kirk Cousins fan. Jameis, nah, I'm, I'm not on that. I, I do like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he's absolutely going to have a great year uh, with the Washington football team. Yeah, I mean, I, I look – it, would you would you take uh, even an unproven rookie uh, like Mac Jones or 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 uh, yeah I, yeah I mean I I, I kind of would take Mac Jones over Kirk Cousins or Jameis Winston is that blasphemous maybe but I I, I just I, I I can think of a, a better quarterbacks uh, than those two for sure. Same. Well, I think the definitely highest floor is Kirk Cousins. You're definitely getting something with him. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Fitz Magic. He's fun to watch as a player all over him. The fantasy, now I'm staying away. Amos, I think he's going to light it up and have his games where he goes on fire. And in a two-quarterback league, maybe you say, I want to take that risk with my second quarterback and try to have the incredibly high ceiling that Jameis sometimes gives you. But his floor is also in the basement, right? Like he can just stink bomb. So I think it's dependent on your strategy. If in your second quarterback you want, I want to lock, you know, 18 points, go with Captain Kirk. You know, you never, he's never, never the sexy fun choice, but I think he's probably the safest one. Um, but yeah, if you're saying, Hey, I have a good quarterback one, let me take some risk here. Go with a Mac Jones or with a Jameis Winston, who knows what they might turn into. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if I had to choose between those three veterans, personally, I'm going to go Fitzpatrick. I think he has the, probably the best weapons around him. You could say Kirk probably might have some good weapons with Jefferson Thielen and Cook. I think Fitzpatrick, you know, he's got Logan Thomas, obviously as scary Terry as Antonio Gibson. I think he's got some good weapons and you know, Fitzmagic, he's going to chuck it. And I think that's what I'm looking for in a two QB league. My second QB, obviously my first QB is probably a good guy. You know, a guy maybe like Justin Herbert or maybe even a Brady or Rogers. Maybe I'm looking for someone that gives me some high upside, not necessarily looking for a high floor kind of guy. Cause I kind of already have that in my QB one now. So if I had to choose, I'd probably go Fitzpatrick or personally, I think Trevor Lawrence, I know Logan bashed him earlier. I do think he's going to have a very good fantasy football season um, and it's going to be a lot of garbage time, but that's fine. I think he's got some decent weapons around him and I think they're going to be down a lot. So, um, so I'm, I like that. I like Trevor Lawrence personally. Thanks for the question, Cam. Thank you all for submitting your social questions on, on to, uh, on Twitter next week. I'm going to ask you guys for some more questions. So we're going to cover a bunch of stuff next week. Thanks for tuning in. Um, this uh, podcast was brought to you by odds jam. So we appreciate odds jam for always partnering and sponsoring the podcast and sponsoring all of our videos. If you haven't checked out what odds jam is, they're a very useful website, especially if you're into sports betting, you should be checking it out because we do every single morning. Now, that will wrap up for the first ever podcast. Not first ever, but the first podcast of the year. We'll be back next Wednesday. And we got some cool topics that we didn't get to. We're talking about our sleeper teams to watch out for this year. Teams that we think are a little overrated and will probably underwhelm or underperform this year. We're going to cover some more. Hopefully, we don't have to cover any injuries. That'd be nice, but I'm sure there will be some injuries, unfortunately, over the next week or so. But that'll do it. Uh, good luck in your fantasy football drafts. This has been Austin. This has been Logan. This has been Sam. We'll catch you guys next. Peace.